So, purpose. Oh, I was up in the Gold Coast last week, and um, where's um, Brooke? Brooke is so cheeky. Um, I do go up to the Gold Coast because we do have a church there, and I do go up there to preach. But it's a great place to go to, and um, Brooke kept sending me messages and saying, saying to me, how good was your holiday and all that kind of stuff. And I said, hey, Brooke, I do preach when I'm up there. Got him this morning, Brooke's at the door, and Brooke again, how was your holiday, Keith? You know why? Because she wants to aggravate me. There was purpose, Brooke, in me going to the Gold Coast. And I did get to swim at the beach a number of times too. All right, so I want to talk to you about purpose. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 4 says, The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God made you. God made today. It's not random. There is purpose behind God's design in the same way wiggle your bottom on the chair you're sitting on. Give it a wiggle. Did the chair fall down when you wiggled? Squeaked? Well, some of us might need to think about why it squeaked. But but, um, someone made that chair and designed it for you. They didn't even know who you were, but they made that chair to give you comfort and to make sure you didn't injure yourself on that chair. There was design and purpose behind even a simple thing like a chair. To think that the universe has just randomly such an incredibly amazing thing that is so um, interdependent on 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 everything around it, gravity, all those kinds of things, to think it was random, in my view, is foolishness. There is absolute intelligent design behind the universe. Look at the person beside you. There is intelligent design behind most of the people in this church today, behind all the people in the church today. David, you are designed by the most intelligent mind in the universe, but not just designed for randomness designed with a purpose. Made to, as the scripture says, do good works. A couple of weeks ago, oh, let me give you some quotes first. Um, Quotes, without meaning, life has no significance or hope. Rick Warren. Rick Warren wrote a book called The uh, Purpose-Filled Life and The Purpose-Filled Church. We are a church with a purpose. You are part of that purpose. If you come to this church, you're not here just to take. You're here to fulfill a purpose as a purposeful church that we are. You have a purpose. I hope that you're all aware of that and that you're living out some kind of purpose that's giving to the others in our community, in our faith community. You are made with a purpose. Um, purposeless. See, what's the opposite? You have purposeful and you have purposeless. Very interesting. Purposeless. To be aimless, to have no purpose, to live a meaningless life. Living a life without purpose is meaningless. 
living a life without purpose is an aimless wander through whatever comes your way. Um, I believe living a purposeless life causes a lot of people to have mental illnesses and uh, not understand things. Um, Here's some more quotes. A purposeless, purposeless life and a goalless life is meaningless. The ultimate foundation of spirituality is the recognition that there can't be such a thing as a purposeful life in a purposeless universe. universe. Gee, I'm stuttering today. Point being, as you see, if there is a God who created the universe and he created you, there's a purpose in that. Um, Psychology tells us, and psychology today, often I look at the quotes in this um, because it's kind of a modern way of how people think. The benefits of purpose, living a life with purpose, happiness. People who live a life with purpose are more happier. It's a key to the road of happiness. They will develop healthier habits. They will have stronger relationships. They will produce wealth. People with purpose produce wealth. Um, they will be healthier. Your body is designed to live with purpose. You will have a healthier life. Um, longevity. You will live longer with purpose. Interesting. Um, Terry, when we were discussing about um, our exit plan from the church, you know that, you know, I'm getting older. And so we've been working for a number of years about the exit plan, which some of you are aware. And, um, you know, there's still a bit of space going on there. There's still room for stuff to happen. But um, Terry sent me this um, message or this um, research document that was researching people from the age of 60 to 80. How many people are in that age bracket from 60 to 80? There's a few, a few of us. Do you know that you are at your optimum time of life, according to this research, that you are at the point where you have developed a whole lot of skills living up to the age of 60 and onward, that you are at your ultimate, maybe not physically, but mentally, and your abilities to do things. When he sent me that, I was like, whoo-hoo, you know? It really encouraged me. You see, there's a lie that the world's trying to say to those of us as we get older, that you are less um, there's this purpose for you or you're less got meaning in your life to have others uh, as you get older because now it's kind of like when you get to a particular age you, you kind of slowly withdraw and sort of sit back on the rocking chair and just rock the rest of your day away. No! That's a lie from the pit. So my exit plan now, Terry, has gone way further on. So it's Terry's fault. Because why? Friend, you are designed with a life of purpose. Like Shirley was saying earlier on, she might not be doing the soaring eagles, but God has another purpose, which he prophesied two years ago, that he would bring to pass. Why? Because God is a God of design. God is not a God of randomness. God has purpose for every single one of us in this room, made with the most intelligent mind. Not from a foolish mind, not from a government's mind, but from the mind of the creator of the universe. How cool is that? 
purpose. Uh, two weeks ago, we looked at what is our purpose? You know, what is the core of your purpose? Why did God make us? Well, number one, to love God. You are designed, you were made, you were equipped. There was purpose in the design that you would uh, express a love both through what you say, but also in what you do to express the love of God is actually the central core of your purpose. How the plan outworks that, who knows? So the second aspect of your purpose is to love your neighbor as yourself. We looked at who is your neighbor, and we looked at the um, scripture about the Good Samaritan and how the Good Samaritan, you know, there were the two religious people who were supposedly serving God and were supposedly loving God, but walked on by the opportunity to live out their true purpose, which was to love someone in need. You see, we've got to be very careful in life that we can get caught up with other purposes and forget the two core values of your purpose, which is to love God and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's what the Good Samaritan's all about. And what was the purpose for the Good Samaritan? What did he do? Why well, he showed mercy to a man that needed mercy, not judgment. As a Christian, we are purposed by God to be a community who demonstrate mercy. Mercy is uh, not earned from someone, you just give it because they need it. Hallelujah. I hope we are a church that continue to give each other mercy. That's probably why I'm your pastor. You've got to give me mercy. Is that right, David? Amen. So this morning, that's the background. I want to talk to you about living a purposeful life with faith. Living a purposeful life with faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. As a Christian, the Christian is based on the premise of faith or trust or belief in God. So you can't live out your purpose unless you actually are living it out by faith. Hallelujah with me. It's kind of basic, but it's actually very interesting. Um, it says in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, For we live by faith not by sight. So if you're a Christian, if you're wanting to live out your purpose, if you want to love God, if you want to know and live that life where your life makes a difference with people around your world, you must have the channel of faith activated in order, you, in order for you to live that life. You're with me? You can't live it by what you see. You've got to live out your journey, your purpose, because sometimes God might say something to you like, I've called you to do this, or I've called you to do that. And in the natural, you'll go, uh, I can't do that. But that's where we use the channel of faith. It's like, for Shirley. Shirley had to make a stand of faith when God had called her to do a particular thing, to help serve her community, to love her neighbor, was that she had to believe that God said was right. You understand? If you don't know or believe with faith that he has called you to a life of purpose, you will never live it. You will never live out the true purpose of why God has called you. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11. Um, I'm jumping the gun. Oh no, Hebrews chapter 11. 
Hebrews chapter 11 is a book describing faith and also talking about our patriarchs or the men that went before us about how they lived their life by faith. They were able to live out their true purpose, not through their education, not through their natural abilities, not through their talents, that kind of all comes into it, but they lived it out according to Hebrews chapter 11 by this thing called faith, meaning that when their life was done, when their journey of serving God was done, that when God examined their life, he came to the conclusion and the writer of Hebrews, speaking under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, said that these men lived their purpose through faith. You see, you can't live out your purpose truly unless you believe it. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? amen? Think about this. You were created to look like a monkey. You were made to have ears like a monkey and to look like a monkey. No, of course not. You were created what? In the image of who? Genesis says this. You were created, where is it? Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. So God created man in his own image. He didn't make you like something else. He didn't make you like the tree. He didn't make you like the monkey. He didn't make you like the lion. He didn't make you like you know, a fish or a bird. No, there was design behind God and purpose behind God because he chose to make you in his image, my friends. He chose to make you be like him, which is quite profound. See, you're made with purpose and you're designed above the rest of creation because you're made in the image of God himself. Not God, but like God in his image. You're not God. But you're made like him because God had purpose. There's a reason why you and I are like him, my friends. Which is quite profound, quite amazing. Can I have another amen? See, I believe that God wants to inspire us this morning to understand that, friend, we are people of purpose. And we've got to stop disbelieving that there is purpose and design behind us because that would be God wasting his time making you in his image. He would have just made you like a monkey or made you look like a pig even. Oh, but not saying anything there, Keith, I'll get you in trouble. You with me? Very easy to get caught up in other purposes. Live a life without the true purpose. But friend, that's why God gets real mad. He gets real angry with people at the end of their days when they haven't lived the life they were meant to live because he made them like him. He put special effort into us. Hallelujah. Made in the image of God. Why? Because we are to act on his behalf. Your purpose, my friends, is to act on behalf of God himself. You are to act on behalf of God and the world that he has placed you in. You are called to be purposed by God, to be activated by God, to be used by the hand of God to represent him. Man, that's got to be inspiring. Give me another amen. I'll give you a scripture to prove it. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. See, stop living life 
under. Stop living life less than what you were called to live. Stop living life if you are a Christian following Jesus, not as a victim, friend, but as someone made in the image of God who has full-on purpose in how they live each day. Not living under the fear of the climate of whatever the world is saying, but living under the power and the anointing and presence of being made in the image of God. See, did God make you to be a victim? Is that your purpose? Is your purpose to spend the rest of your days sitting in a rocking chair? Well, sometime maybe. A little bit. I quite like sitting in a rocking chair. But no, you you get what I mean? Purpose, friends. And this is a church that God has given purpose to. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Previous to this, Jesus came in John chapter 1 and said, I am the light of the world. And then here Jesus is putting purpose in those that will follow him. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. See, here's the thing what I'm saying about you must believe, you must put faith into what God calls your purpose to be. Because if you don't believe you're the light of the world, you'll never be the light of the world. If you don't actually have a revelation and understand and say, God, I believe that my life is a light to the world around me, it will never happen. You will just live a life below where you're meant to live. That's not design, that's not purpose. You must believe. You've got to go, yeah, God. You may not be at the point where you think he can use you, but my friends, he's made you with purpose. Does he not know what he's doing? Is he just some kind of God that made an invention that just doesn't work? No. No. You are the light of the world. People around you who are living in darkness, people around you who are struggling, you are designed by God to be the light to them. We as a church place in this community designed by God to be here, purpose before we all were even born, to be a light. To be a light. If the world is dark, my friends, well, the problem is the light's not shining. Because darkness can only survive without light. That's why the devil wants to pull Christians down into darkness because he doesn't want you to be the light because he wants the darkness to permeate the earth. He wants the darkness to permeate your family. He wants the darkness to permeate your relationships. He wants the darkness to destroy your children. But friend, you are the light because you are purposed by God. I mean, hallelujah. Hallelujah. About a year ago, my brother passed away. And he, you know, we're from New Zealand. And uh, it was in the middle of COVID. And we were kind of, there was a gap. My brother died. And my sister and my wife and I, we, we decided let's fly back to New Zealand to honor my brother. And we flew back to New Zealand in the middle of COVID. And then all of a sudden COVID hit. The day we hit New Zealand, you know, as in a lockdown. And we had to go into lockdown in New Zealand. But hey, hold on, you know. I'm coming back to New Zealand to go to my brother's funeral. And then what happened was we had to go through the process of three days or whatever it was in quarantine and blah, blah, blah. And then we went to my brother's funeral. Now, why am I telling you this? Because I want you to understand something about purpose. 
See, purpose doesn't mean to say there won't be difficulties that will come your way. Purpose means that you have a purpose that will override your difficulties. Hallelujah. So um, before we left, I just felt God tell me I should go to New Zealand. Just felt it. I said to Pekka, and we went with some sense of purpose that God had called us to go. Of course, it was my brother's funeral. Anyway, we go, we do the funeral, family and all of that. And then what happened was about two days later, before we were flying home, we were uh, in a particular place. Bessie was visiting with, uh, Pekka was visiting Bess, me and her were visiting Bess, and and they were yakking, and I was getting a bit bored because ladies are very good at talking. Oh, I didn't make you that way. God made you that way. I don't know. It's funny watching Eliana, actually. Man, she's already starting to yak. But it's beautiful because she's my granddaughter. She's got purpose. So we're in New Zealand, and I'm thinking, you know what? And I just feel this thing. Go for a walk, kids. So I go for a walk. And I go for a walk down into a town, and I'm in this town, and I'm walking by the shops, and I, I, I feel to go into the shop, and I enter into the shop, and it's a shop that really interests me. It's a little bit of a shop that's got all these interesting things that are secondhand, but super interesting stuff. And I go into the shop, and right down the end of the shop, there is a picture. And that picture is of my ancestor. So it's of my ancestor, a guy named Patu Unai. Patu Unai, Patu Unai was a chief in the Napui tribe, and at the time of the signing of the Treaty of Waitangi, um, uh, Patu in One was a man who found Christ and helped bring peace to the nation and married him to accept the European, and they signed a thing called the Treaty of Waitangi, right? But Patu Une was a warrior, and he used to kill people and eat people prior but he found Christ. Because there was purpose in some missionaries going to New Zealand. There was purpose in the design of God for some missionaries who decided that God had called them. Even some Australian missionaries went to New Zealand. And uh, he gets born again. And his name changes from a warrior to a name that they called him as the peacemaker. So he was known, and he's known in New Zealand history, and he's known, uh, if you go to the Auckland Museum, uh, he is known as a peacemaker. So I go into the shop, it's a bit of a long story, but I like it. You'll have to too. And I see a picture of Patuone. And I'm thinking, baby, I want to buy that. It's a real cool picture. Remember, he's a chief. And we trace our lineage. Those of you who've heard us sing that song, Eatiariki, uh, uh, is a song that is very similar to the prayer that Patuone prayed over his people before he died. Anyway. And I'm going up and I'm thinking, now, just be cool, Keith. Don't be too enthusiastic. But man, did I want that picture. And um, I, uh, lady comes over and I'm stuck chanting. And I said, oh, I really like that picture. And she said, oh, she said, you know that picture? She said, that's our angel of peace. This is this lady telling me about the picture. And I said, oh, why is that? And she said, I'll tell you why. She says, every time I, we had people that come into the shop or for us, that was given to us as a gift, when we look at him, I don't know what it is about him, but his eyes just seem to let peace flow out of them. And it makes them feel peaceful. Quite amazing. And I'm thinking, yeah, but I still want to buy it. So I said to the lady, I said, yeah, that's so true. And I said, that's my ancestor, actually. And I told her a little, more, little bit more about its history. And she said, oh, well, that's lovely, but I ain't going to sell it to you. And I'm like, what? I'm not going to sell it to you. And anyway, we're chatting away, and her husband appeared. And then her husband goes to leave because he's a flight attendant for Air New Zealand. 
and I'm still in conversation and talking and thinking, can I wiggle into this deal kind of thing? And anyway, um, he leaves and this lady just starts crying. She just starts crying. And, and, and I'm kind of in the shop, just me and her, and I go, um, are you okay? And she said, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. She said, we had a personal tragedy in our family just a couple of weeks ago, and I'm still trying to come to grips with it, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, right, okay. And then I feel the Holy Spirit. Forget the painting, Keith. There's something that I've got for you to do with this woman. And so we engage in conversation, and then I, I just, and she's very emotional, and I just feel like then the Holy Spirit says, tell her, offer to her, tell her what you are, what you do, and just say, ask her if you can pray for her. And so I, I you know, yep, right, okay. And she says, no. No, I'm fine. But again, the Holy Spirit just doesn't stop. He just keeps telling me, Keith, do not let this moment go. Do not let this time go. Rather, push because there's a purpose because I've designed you to be here for this moment friend, you understand? So I say to her again, look, I said, look, it, it will be nothing. It's not going to be anything. You know, it's just a simple prayer, but I believe that if I pray for you, God will bring you peace and help you just in your difficult time. And she goes, oh, okay. So I put my ha- hands on her shoulder in COVID. Oh, sheeks. Never mind. Oh, recorded. Put me in jail in New Zealand. And I'm telling you, man, There was a flow of the anointing. There was a flow that that flowed out of me to this woman and I could feel the warmth of the Holy Spirit, the river of life that Jesus talks about, that we have got a river that flows out of our heart. And this woman just... And then we finished, she she said, wow, that's... Amazing. She said, I just feel so good. I feel so peaceful. Right? The story carries on. This will be my sermon, I suppose. So um, we talk, and then, she said, and then I say to her, look, um, can I exchange my number with you? Because I still want that painting. <laughs> but, you know, I care. I care. I do. <laughs> so um, we swap numbers. And, you know, I leave and she's... Anyway, I get back and about, a, about three hours later, I get this message from her just pouring out thankfulness. See, the evidence of God flowing out of us changes lives. The evidence is not something that is just pretend, friend. She flicked me back a message to say how her day had just been so restful and peaceful. And then six months later, she sends me another message to tell me, because they had to go out of business because of COVID, that she's going to give me the picture. I've got to go back to New Zealand to get it. But she did offer it to send it to me. But you know what? I know the Holy Spirit hasn't finished. I know that the purpose of God, that's why I said to her in the, when I replied, I said, no, no, I'll call in and say hi. Why? Because there will be more opportunity to be the river of life, to live a life of purpose. See, we are, you are, we are, this church is, you are the light of the world. You are. 
stop denying it. And see, that's one of the reasons why most Christians will not step out in faith to share their faith, because they don't believe they're the light of the world. And so because you don't believe it, you won't be. But there will be moments, and there are always moments that I've lived my life with God, where he will, I will sense him, and I will know it's him, and he's wanting me to step in faith, even when I feel inadequate, even when I don't feel like it, even when I'm chasing a picture. You with me? Because you are a person with purpose and design by God. Hallelujah. It is not, it is not unusual in Scripture for when God calls people that they doubt it. Think of Moses. I can't speak. But God had called him to lead a nation. Think of Gideon, mighty warrior. And all he could do was moan about what was going on around him and say, God, where are you? I can't see you. See, we're of an age where there's a lot of reason to think where is God, but I'm telling you, he's looking for people who will not focus on the problems of this world, but rather have a revelation that, man, I am the light of the world because the light needs to shine. Am I shouting? You see, about a year and a half ago, I started to remind myself that I was the light of the world. And I started to say to God, God, you, you, I, I'm, a pre- I'm a preacher. I don't see a lot of, you know, my connections are here. And I just started to say, God, take me to people who need to hear. Because I am a person who is the light of the world. And he, my God, you know what? He's taking me to those people. Hallelujah. Can I have an Amen. I want to finish my message with you this morning and base it out of, um, oh, first of all, two scriptures, or maybe three, here we go. Hebrews um, chapter 1 verse 1 says, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. So you can't, faith is not looking at what you've already got. Faith is believing even though you don't have it, that because he said it, it's going to come to pass. That's actually true faith. Faith is not already knowing the outcome in that sense or already having what you need. Faith is stepping out when you don't have what you need because you believe he's going to give it to you. Reinhard Bonnke says this. He, many, you guys know who Reinhard Bonnke was? Go for the purposes of God and the means to fulfill them will follow. You see, that's a guy that, if you read his autobiography... Oh, who has made tremendous or made tremendous uh, impact on the planet because he believed God. And man, did he have to believe God? Uh, Mark 9.23 says, Jesus said to them, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Live by faith. I believe that God, though I may not feel like I can, I can because all things are possible because I believe. Hallelujah. I'm going to finish with this scripture. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Oh, hold on. <laughs> One more. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to him must believe. That he is, who? Creator. And that he is a rewarder 
of those who diligently seek him. I really felt to stir up the understanding of purpose, but secondly, to stir up the faith to believe I will be rewarded. You see, some of you, the rewards are so close, but you're giving up. The rewards are so close because it says here, for he who comes to him must believe, yeah, I've got to believe, and that he is a rewarder. See, God rewards faith. You've got to believe that God rewards faith. When you come to him and you're listening to him and you're seeking him, if you don't come knowing that, God, I come because I know your word is true. God, I come because I know, Lord, that you will reward my stand of faith in this situation. Some of you have been crying out for family. And I believe God wants me to tell you this morning that he wants you to declare that the faith that you've been carrying for your family is going to be rewarded. It's not about begging that God is telling me to tell you, start declaring God is going to reward my faith. Hallelujah. In my office on Thursday when I was working through this scripture, I just started to cry out my own personal, God reward this church that's been here for 25 years with the faith of so many who have been pillars that God, you will reward this church with impacting this town like it's never seen before. Because God is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Because God is the rewarder of people who have faith. Because Hebrews chapter 11 tells me that those who change the world around them, those like Moses and David, those like Abraham, were rewarded because they lived a life by faith. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? I don't know where your life is at, but he does. And I tell you, I sense the Holy Spirit telling me for you to lift your head, to declare and declare to the powers of darkness or whatever, speak over, God is going to reward my faith. God is going to reward my faith in my marriage. God is going to reward my faith with my children. God is going to reward my faith for my brother, my sister, whatever, for my healing. Amen? So I'm going to pray a prayer. If you need prayer at the end of this message, please come up because maybe you just need that touch. God, you aren't some figment You aren't some philosophy. You are the creator of the universe. You are the one that set the stars in the sky. You are the one. You are the I am. You are. Nothing is bigger or more powerful than you. You are above everything, God, because he is. You are my God. And Lord, I pray for each and every person this morning that is here or will listen to this message, God, that there would come a touch of you, Holy Spirit, where there would come new faith a new trust, a new sense, and Lord, that the mouths would open to declare that God is the rewarder of those who stand in faith. And Lord, I release over each and everybody listening, Father, the courage to step out and believe that they are the light of the world. Because you said it. And Lord, that we would see the evidence 
in the very near future. In Jesus' name, amen.